Blog Talk Radio. So what's the problem with your car? Uh, shutter. So when does it happen? Once a month. When I see my payment, I start shaking. Ah, well, you got an interest rate issue. Yeah. Well, here's a pro tip. You may be able to refinance your auto loan with Westcom Credit Union. As a member-owned financial co-op, Westcom offers great low rates. Wow, Westcom sounds like a smart move. Yeah, just like changing your oil. Westcom. The best bank for you may not be a bank at all. Westcom is an equal opportunity lender and federally insured by NCUA. Certain terms may apply. Yeah. Yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleep but a drink. Faith without works is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Slackers don't get fed. Huh, yeah. Jesus said, he who puts his hands to the pile looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the church five minutes and you're about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. <laughs> if you doubt for me, I was still tripping. Now, how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This here's deep, huh? Some of y'all ain't sawing nothing but you're stuck at trying to reach, huh? But after him who was able to possess your father by his glory, struggles might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now, the point is, this was prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. Welcome, welcome to the show, everyone. This is Lamont Patterson, your host of Can I Play a Play. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, I'd like to start the show off with my, my good friend, Praise Master G. Uh, giving it up to Big Boy Upstairs. It's my belief that, uh, you know, without him, we wouldn't have another day. At least that's my belief anyway. And I hope everyone's doing well. And again, thank you for joining us today. Today we got a very, very interesting show, a very deep show, and I think it's a show that uh, um, everyone can relate to and hopefully take away something positive. And I know it affects everybody in this country because I don't even really know what I'll say about this country. But anyway, I guess today is uh, Mr. Mitchell Frosian. I hope I'm pronouncing this correct, his name correctly. Uh, let me see if he's with us. Uh, Mitchell, are you I with am us? with you. I am with you. Oh, thank you so very much for joining us today, sir. Pleasure to be here, sir. Yeah. Well, let me give you a little brief introduction on, on what, what, what I can say, and I understand there are some privacy and security matters that we must take into consideration, and I definitely respect that because I don't want to bite throwing eggs at me either. <laughs> anyway, I guess there's a law professor who's taught for over 25 years. He's a former assistant uh, district attorney. Um, because his writing idea is very unpopular, he chooses to use a pseudonym for obvious reasons. And, um, of course, he declines to say more than that because of safety issues with his family, and I definitely can understand and relate to that. And, again, sir, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be here. So normally, uh, uh, I, can I can I call you Mitchell? You sure can. Okay. Normally, Mitchell, um, uh, I like to start to show off with uh, allowing our guests to um, really give some uh, a background about who they are and how they come to doing what they're doing today. So I guess I'm gonna open up the floor, man, and, and give it to you, and and just let you start us off and share what. Uh, where you want to share with us, and uh, and I'm dying to ask you some questions about our wonderful president, but I'll wait. <laughs> okay. Well, I've written a book called Dying to Save America, and I've done this because of the difficulty getting any health care legislation through Congress. The Republicans, when they had the House and Senate, but not the presidency, 60 times, 60 passed a bill repealing Obamacare, knowing that it would be vetoed. Now they have control of the House and Senate, and they can't get their act together. Now, the Democrats have party discipline. Recall what happened to uh, Connecticut Senator Joe Lieberman a few years ago, 
who always, he was a Democrat, and he always voted as the Democratic Party wanted, except one time he thought something was uh, not favorable to Israel, and he voted against it. Uh, I can't blame the man. I mean, he's a Jew. Uh, he would be in favor of Israel. Uh, they, the Democratic Party didn't like that and put up uh, a candidate to oppose him in the primary and overfunded that candidate and kicked Joe Lieberman out of the Senate. You have party discipline. The Democratic uh, members of House and Senate don't dare cross over to the Republican side of an issue, even if they think the Republican side is better. The Republicans don't have party discipline. Witness Senator McCain, Senator Rand Paul, uh, Senator uh, Susan Collins of uh, of Maine. Uh, you've got senators that uh, are free to vote their conscience. So the Republicans can't get the needed 50 votes to pass a health care bill. And they don't even, they can't agree among themselves on anything. So I I, I wrote this because it's my first novel. Uh, I I felt that the impasse is going to take us down the road of a defective health care situation getting worse and worse, and in a few years, people are going to be dying. We're going to have fewer people entering the medical profession, so there will be a doctor shortage. And of those who do enter, if enrollment is down at medical schools, they'll be letting less qualified applicants in. So uh, that means that of the doctors that come out of medical school, they may not all be as good as they used to be. All right. Okay, so I wrote that book with that in mind and took a look at what could happen. And the first character in my book is, and these are fictitious characters, Hugh O'Neill. He has cancer. He's been given just a few weeks to live. He's 75 years old, a retired teacher who taught in Chicago. And if this were 35 years ago, this book is set in the future, you understand. He says if this were 35 years ago, back in 2008, I'd have been completely cured of this cancer that I spotted very, very early. He discovered a tiny little dark spot on his left arm two years ago, irregularly shaped and less than an eighth of an inch in diameter. He uh, had heard about uh, melanoma, a particularly the vicious form of skin cancer. Uh, Most of them can be cured immediately. But he uh, discovered one that uh, was particularly vicious, and he tried to make an appointment. Well, uh, in the future, you don't call the doctor of your choice. You call, I call it fair health coverage. Uh, Fair health coverage has an 800 number, and you speak to them in Washington, and they'll set you up with a doctor you've never seen before. Remember, when Obamacare was uh, passed, we were promised that our insurance would go down 2500 a year. We'd spend, we'd save thousands of dollars on medical care. You could keep your doctor. You could keep your insurance. All of that was a lie, and the person who actually drafted the bill has admitted he lied. Okay, so this, this uh, fellow uh, tries to get an appointment, but he can't go directly to a dermatologist. He must first get an appointment with a general practitioner. That takes him a month. Then he has to get an appointment. Then they, the general practitioner refers him to a dermatologist. That takes another two months. The dermatologist finally diagnoses it and refers him to a cancer specialist, an oncologist, and that takes another month. By that time, he's terminally ill, but he had a skin cancer at an early enough stage. He had a 97% chance of a complete cure. Um, he... Uh, He's really sad. He's depressed. Uh, he's wondering what to do with his pet dog who he's had for 10 years. And um, he's talking about uh, letting uh, one of his relatives care for the pet dog. Um, and um, it's really, really sad. His family comes to visit him, and um, he... Uh, He uh, says to his son, 
America isn't just isn't what it used to be when I was young. Um, if someone offers to pay you 2500 a month for the rest of your life, and if that same person has the power to determine how long you live, run away as fast as your legs will carry you, is what uh, my character Hugh O'Neill says. Because that's exactly what the federal government is doing. They pay Social Security, and the Social Security system is bankrupt, and Congress raided the lockbox years ago and spent the money that was in it. Now they just print money to pay Social Security, which causes inflation. But the federal government is soon to be the only source for medical care in America, so they determine how long you live. Right. And, and look at that poor kid over in England whose parents are not being allowed to bring him to America for a possibility. It's only a possibility of a cure. They'd rather kill the kid instead because if he came to America and got cured, God forbid that would show American medicine is superior to British medicine. They don't want that. Uh, the life of the kid, the life of the kid yeah. isn't uh, worth that much to them. Um, in any event, um, we have a, a cancer specialist, Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel, brother of the present mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, who was President Obama's first chief of staff. And Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel has written, saying everybody over the age of 75 is unproductive, a useless burden on society, and medical care dollars need to be prioritized to save only productive lives. In other words, let them die. Um, was it wasn't somewhere in American history that uh, the the Native Americans, or should I say, the uh, early Indians, used to do that with the seniors, or the seniors used to take it on themselves and just walk up into the mountains? Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, Eskimos in Alaska. Well, it seems like this system, seems like this society is basically pushing that same agenda without saying it. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, But in my book, the federal government is now the only insurer. You must call them for a doctor's appointment. You can't call a doctor directly. They choose your doctor. may not be the same doctor you saw last time. So after his family leaves on his visit, uh, Hugh O'Neill thinks, if these nasty people are going to take my life, I need to take one of them out before I go. And Congressman Cisco Trevelyan, that's a fictitious name, uh, helped uh, then-President Hemphill, that's a future president, uh, fictitious, pass fair health coverage. He's a far leftist, doesn't understand the benefits of competition and capitalism. Um, Trevelyan voted 12 times in Congress to raise taxes. Revenues plummeted as he raised taxes because jobs disappeared to other countries. He supported tens of millions of dollars in federal aid to enable Planned Parenthood to perform more late-term abortions. Um, And um, he um, reinstated what Trump took out so that now a pedophile can invade the girls' toilet room at school. Any male teenager in high school desiring to lust after uh, an undressed girl has a right to claim he might want to become a girl, and as such he can shower with the girls. Uh, wow. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's where we were headed. Uh, Trump uh, took that out. So he, uh, it's near Christmas time, and um, our character uh, decides he's going to buy a pizza and deliver it to the congressman's house. He'll probably be home for uh, Christmas. And he runs a check on him uh, through E-Verify, finds out where he lives, and... Um, um, buys a pizza and figures he'll ring the doorbell. Well, he does. Uh, but he also mails letters to dozens of news media telling what he's doing and why he's doing it. He succeeds in killing the congressman, uh, but um, uh, but the, the news media get the letters. He's arrested, of course, for killing the congressman, and uh, he figures... Well, that's uh, not so bad. I'm going to die in a couple of weeks anyway. They can't do very much to me. And um, 
he um, then then the uh, law enforcement calls uh, a meeting and uh, wonders what to do about this, and then they hope this doesn't uh, spawn copycat killings. Well, it does. And I'll give you another character in the book. Uh, moment. Was, wasn't there a doctor somewhere in Philadelphia just did something like that recently? I don't know. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. But um, the next man in the book, speaking in the first person, says, I'm Denzel Connolly. I'm an African-American, and I live in Hartford, Connecticut. I'm dying of metastasized prostate cancer that should have been caught years ago. I blame fair health coverage for having allowed my cancer to spread until it became incurable. My wife, Keista, similarly died of cancer five years ago. I have two children, Travis, age 40, and uh, Mariah, age 38. Both are happily married. Um, and I have a lovely granddaughter, now age 17. Um, and he talks about his uh, family a bit. And uh, he, uh, he's very dissatisfied. He says, I'm 69 years old and a retired master electrician. Before I retired, I could either hire illegals or pay Americans a fair wage. I chose to do the latter, which cost me much business. With higher prices than those charged by electricians using illegal labor, I had trouble competing with those companies. My prices couldn't compete with those companies using illegal labor. Some choice, I finally retired. I intend to go by train to visit Washington to meet my congressman, Pierce Gersten, another fictitious name. He not only refused to repeal fair health coverage, he also voted to tear down the wall that President Trump put up decades ago. He's a congressman who gladly allows millions of illegals and no few thousands of terrorists to flood the countries, taking jobs that African Americans used to hold. Your hotel housekeeper used to be an African American. Now she's a Latino or Middle Easterner who speaks no English, does a job for half the minimum wage, pays no taxes, sends her children to public school at your expense, and uses fair health coverage. So, too, with gardeners, painters, roofers, and many other jobs formerly held by those African Americans who never received a good enough education. Crime is up, both from illegals and from many of the 20 million African Americans without jobs. It's a shame to see America go down this path. Uh, after many years of injustice, Jim Crow was finally ending when I was born in 1979. I myself never experienced any real discrimination. Only about 12% of the United States is black, not enough black votes to carry a national election. President Barack Obama back in 2008 carried states like Maine, New Hampshire, New Mexico, Oregon, Vermont, all with populations of only 1%, 2 or 3% black. Race relations have deteriorated. People are making money and politicians getting elected by pitting whites against blacks, women against men, gays against straights. Gersten claims to be a friend of African Americans. I intend to give him a piece of my mind. I've written him numerous letters. Now I want to tell him in person. Every four years, Democrats put a, a black man on the podium at the Democratic National Convention. He speaks for an hour and receives a standing ovation. And that's the last thing the Democrats do for blacks until the next convention four more years down the road. Politicians in Washington on both sides of the aisle want a permanent underclass living on the edge of poverty, a people they can convince that more government is a solution and that they should be grateful to them for everything they have. It should be called the new slavery. Slaves of old were told by their slave masters, you don't know how good you've got it. Free food, free housing, free clothing, free medical care. What more could you want? Now, some slaves might actually have bought this pitch, but I suspect most didn't. I want my freedom, is what most slaves thought. Uh, today, the politicians are telling too many blacks essentially the same thing as the slave masters of old. Free food. Seventy million are now on food stamps. Now, I'm speaking in projected figures that you understand from uh, right. the year the book is, not from today. Free housing, just look at the slum housing projects. Free medical care, just experience fair health coverage. 
The politicians want to keep blacks in poverty so they can pander for the black vote, and the Democrats get their black votes. Um, segregation began with the Democratic Party after the Civil War, and through the 1960s, phony literacy tests were used to keep blacks from voting. These tests were administered by local county clerks and registrars of voters with absolutely no objective grading standards to govern them. They were free to fail any black, however literate, and to pass any white, however ignorant, and they did so. All elected officials in the South were Democrats, without exception. It was the Republican Party that was formed in 1854 at Ripon, Wisconsin, for the express purpose of ending slavery. Abraham Lincoln, the first Republican president, did just that with his 1862 Emancipation Proclamation. In the Jim Crow years up to and including the late 1960s, not a single senator or congressman from the Jim Crow South was a Republican. Southern Democratic senators in Congress filibustered, saying that all blacks should be sent back to Africa. Such vile rhetoric. And this is my character talking, uh, uh, Denzel Connolly. Such vile rhetoric was being spewed out of Southern Democrat mouths in the Senate as late as the 1970s. Lyndon Baines Johnson was a Democrat senator from Texas. He, too, filibustered against integration. Then he was chosen to be vice president under John Kennedy, a Massachusetts Democrat. When President Kennedy was assassinated in 1963, Johnson became president. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 was passed by Congress with strong Republican support. President Johnson, according to newspapers of the day, considered vetoing it. But since he was running for a second term in the White House with an election just four months away, he knew he would need Northern support, so he reluctantly signed the bill. Uh, revisionist historians now revise history by crediting the segregationist with passage of the bill. Uh, the character continues, I am black. I was proud to be a member of the same political party to which the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King belonged, the Republican Party. I stayed with the Republican Party until the party's demise years ago for failure to consistently stand for anything and for caving into their opposition nearly 100% of the time, even when Republicans had the majority of both houses. Republicans, it seems, were like the Washington Generals basketball team, always playing against the Harlem Globetrotters and always losing. 13,000 exhibition games over many years, and the Washington Generals lost every one. They knew that was their job. Why do so many politicians try to pit uh, blacks against whites and whites against blacks? They want to keep us poor, so we feel grateful to them. Speaking of... Uh, uh, divide, uh, and divide and conquer. Is that divide and conquer? That Absolutely. Old, old, they old want to keep, game. Okay. Denzel Connolly says they want to keep us poor, so we'll feel grateful to them for every scrap they throw down to us from the table. Speaking of tables... I like to compare a nation's economy to a big banquet table to which everyone brings what he or she produces and from which everyone takes. If everyone is producing, the table is piled high. Just about everything on the table will, in the end, get consumed. In a capitalist society, people will take unequal portions from the table, usually in approximation to how much they produced and brought to the table. In a socialist or communist country, everyone gets an equal portion of what others have produced, since no one can reap the fruits of his or her own labor, far less is produced and brought to the table. It ends up being an equal share of a much smaller pie. All right, Connolly uh, says, I will soon die. The question is whether I can do any good on my way out. Then he decides he is going to take out uh, Congressman Gersten. And he does so and uh, sends out letters to the news media. And um, this is becoming, now at this point, the president is calling an Oval Office meeting of concerned agencies, including the Director of National Intelligence, the FBI, and so forth, and um, figuring out what to do to stop this. But it takes off. It in fact, at one point in the book, the president of the United States, future president of the United States, says if one out of 500 terminally ill persons decides to take out a congressman, 
that'll be enough every year to take out Congress two times over, every member. In three years, it'd be enough to take him out six times. Uh, and uh, the president is wondering what to do about it. There is a solution. I'm going to save the solution for those who want to read the book. The book's title is Dying to Save America. It is not an expensive book. It is very inexpensive, and it's available at Amazon.com. Now, if you have any questions for me, I've been talking long enough. (laughs) Yeah, well, I want to know, in your opinion, I mean, what do you think Congress is going to do with health care now? I give it uh, 80% chance nothing will be done, and the 20% chance that something will be done is it will be ineffective and cosmetic only. Let me see, explain that. By that, I mean they're not going to do much changing of Obamacare. The liberals won't allow it. The conservatives will object. But if the president can whip them all in line and get enough on board to pass something, it's going to be watered down. It's got to be, because if it it did anything significant, you'd either have the uh, conservatives opposing it, like Rand Paul, Senator Cruz, uh, Senator uh, Lee of Utah. Uh, If it did anything current conservative, you'd you'd have them supporting it, and the liberal senators opposing it, including McCain, uh, Susan Collins, and others. And if it were liberal, you'd have the conservative senators opposing it. And uh, with 52 members of the Senate, the Republican Party can only choose to lose two votes, and they don't have the party discipline the Democrats have to whip members in line. I know the health care is a very big issue, and I've been seeing it uh, a lot myself, just the way that the, the hospitals and work, because I come from the era where we knew our doctors personally because they came to our home, you know, sure. our family doctors. So we had a personal relationship with them for years, and and like you were speaking earlier, now you will get a doctor, but you probably never see this guy again. He knows nothing about what he reads in your chart, and hopefully your chart's been updated regularly. Um, so it, it, it's a concern. I know a lot, a lot more for um, seniors now. They don't know, you know, really which way to go, and veterans as well. I know. Well, I don't know. Around. I don't know. What 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 would be the fix for this? I know they keep putting band-aids on something. So, in your opinion, what would be the fix for this? Well, uh, I'm I don't want to give away the fix. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the book. <laughs> And it's a good fix. Well, and hey, work. listen, you know what? Even if you did, Mitchell, even if you did, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I don't know, I'm I'm kind of upset with our country right about now. Even if you did, uh, a lot of people would accept it, you know, because you hear people talk about the time you can't handle the truth. And I kind of feel that a lot. You know, you tell people the truth and you're honest with them the first time and then they look at you crazy and then you fabricate some stuff and then they say, oh, yeah, yeah, I could believe that. Yeah. I know. So, I know. This is sad, but that's the case. It is sad. It is sad. Uh, they're going to be pushing assisted suicide. I can hear that coming. Well, either that or or to to do what you said when there's people. Um, that could have been cured early, early on when they seen signs, but because of the way that the system is set up, you got to go for this checkup, and they got to look at this, and then you got to come back uh, three weeks later, and they look at that, and you come back uh, a month and a half later to to see somebody else, and and by then you have a major issue. Yeah. So uh, if you terminal like you mentioned. I mean, look, you're dying anyway, so why not take out the person that caused you to die that could have did something about it? I mean, maybe I shouldn't say that. But well, I'm, I don't advocate people doing that. I want to make that very of clear. Of course not. Of course not. But uh, that 
could be in the future. That that could easily happen if this thing gets as bad as it could get. Right. Yeah. And, um, well, it, it's really no reason. It's no reason for it. And you look at it, it, society. You know, it seems like the priorities are all in the wrong places. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it, it's not in to to help the fellow man. It's to have a shinier car. You know. I know. That's wrong. We're turning away from God. That's wrong. Yes. So my other question would be, well, how do you think this is going to affect people with low income? But I think uh, the low income families, but I think that's kind of obvious. Yeah, well, obviously. Uh, it, it's it's going to be bad for people with low income. Um we need to have a lot of private insurance out there and uh, give people working the option uh, or indeed require people who are working uh, to get private insurance and require employers uh, to offer it. Uh, and then we need to make it uh, – young people were hit by Obamacare Right. Hey Mitchell, I, I don't want to cut Mitchell. I don't want to cut you off, but I want to ask you a question right there because you just brought up a, uh, something that that beamed out. Do you feel that insurance companies should be allowed to search uh, national records on someone before deciding whether to insure them or not? I I don't know. I don't have a clear opinion on that. Certainly, you can't wait until your house is on fire to call your friendly all-state agent and buy fire insurance. Right. And there are problems with pre-existing conditions. People with pre-existing conditions need coverage. Uh, but they should be getting it all along. And uh, if, if they're unable to uh, work, unable to get a job, they should be able to get uh, some kind of uh, government-supported insurance. I would agree with that. Uh, if they're able to get a job, they should get a job and should get insurance through their employer, which puts them into a pool regardless of what risks they have. So that's like almost uh, uh, each case would be, um, I guess, looked at individually. Yeah. Yeah. We want to do what's fair for people, and uh, requiring people to show up at the emergency room for uh, sore throats is not the right thing either. Um, there has to be something out there. Uh, and on the other hand, Anybody that should um, be able to get private insurance should get private insurance. And this idea of forcing young people to pay several thousand a year for insurance is ridiculous. It's absurd. Most young people are healthy. Most young people go to the doctor once or twice a year for an annual checkup and maybe for, uh, oh, uh, bronchitis and that's it and that costs them a hundred bucks a visit let's say that's two hundred dollars not three thousand dollars and uh, all that the young healthy person needs is catastrophic coverage major medical coverage that kicks in if you get a serious injury you break a leg in an accident you uh, come down with a serious illness when you say when you say uh, young people, Mitchell, what age are you talking about? Age demographics about? Oh, I guess I'm talking up through uh, thirty, thirty-five. Depends on the health of the individual. Oh, okay. Uh, most people don't need in most young people don't need insurance that covers every doctor visit that they're not going to make. Right. No, uh, I was they, just, they, the reason I ask that because a lot of young people don't even think the necessity of having insurance to a certain age. So, oh, they they should know, have they, catastrophic coverage. Yeah, I mean, but most young people do. They think they're gonna live forever. You know, they don't think about insurance till they get to a certain age, a certain maturity level, should I say? 
Well, they need to. True. I don't know that I want to force people to get insurance. Uh, I want to make it as attractive as possible, as easy as possible, and um, and encourage people to get insurance. But I don't believe government should be forcing people to do everything the government feels is best for them. Then that they're uh, should be able to make up their own mind and make their own decision. We're a free country. I, yeah. I, I agree. If I want, I, I just. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I if just, I want to smoke just, cigarettes, which I don't, I should be free to do so. I shouldn't be free to blow smoke in your face, but I should be free to do so. Not the wisest decision necessarily, but uh, on the other hand, if I decided to go parachute jumping, nobody'd bat an eye. No, I guess not, as long as you don't fall on somebody. Yep. I don't seem like for every bill, for every idea, uh, every thought to help somebody, somebody can come up with an opposing idea or a reason why it shouldn't happen. Oh, I know. Well, yeah, but that should be a part of the democratic process, and uh, Congress should work those things out. Instead of being so polarized that no Democrat who feels the Republicans have a good answer should be is free to come over and vote for the Republicans, and. Um, the, um, I mean, I would be much happier if a bill came through that Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky would say, well, this is not my idea of an ideal bill, and much needs to be done to improve it, but it's a step in the right direction. And even though it isn't what I would approve of entirely, I'm going to vote for it to support my colleagues. And Senator uh, McCain of Arizona uh, or Collins of Maine, or uh, Cassidy of Louisiana, on the other side of the issue would say, uh, this isn't what I want, but it's close, and the vast majority of Republicans support it, so I'm going to vote for it even though I feel we need to do more work. Get it passed. That's true. Get it passed. But don't hold your breath. <laughs> but if you want an interesting and fun read, get my book, Dying to Save America, available at Amazon.com. Yes. I know I'm going to have to read it. Uh, I know Olivia had the opportunity to read it, and she shared some of it with me, so I'm looking forward to reading it myself. So I definitely advise our listeners to go out and read it read it because you're definitely talking about something that uh affects and applies to us all in the future as well as today. Absolutely. Oh, it's major importance. Now, I guess the reason I asked you about the age demographics cuz I know I've been in the entertainment industry um pretty much all my life and I know a lot of fellow entertainers we were so busy enjoying our lifestyle, we really didn't think about tomorrow too much. And, you mm-hmm. know, you have a tendency to run through a, a tremendous amount of money, and all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're at a certain age and you start thinking about, um, you know, life insurance, medical insurance, and all these other things. Sure, sure. Sure, it should be easily available, and obviously... Uh, with the right kind of government, most people would be working. We've lost 70,000 companies to other countries uh, because we have the highest corporate income tax of any country in the world. And uh, to bring those companies back and give jobs to lots and lots and lots of people will help the situation. It will help revenues, too. Even if you get less money from the companies, if they put people to work there, those people are going to be paying taxes and be off the uh, the food stamp rolls, and um, we're going to have more revenue. Wonder if Congress can do that one. It seems simple to me, but nothing seems simple in Washington. No, <clears throat> they have hard problems. Um, 
you know, trying to feed the homeless, let alone trying to provide uh, medical attention for the homeless or the low-income people. I know, I know. And, and, and it's sad, and you know, just about every every city and every state you go through, you can find some part of that city where there's a, a lot of homeless people, and you can't help to wonder first, how do they get there, and second, um, um, the medical condition, or is there something in place? Oh God, yeah. To to help them. Oh yeah. You ever visited Seattle? Yes, I have. It's depressing. It's where the word Skid Row comes from. It's from uh, back in the early days of Seattle. They went up into the hills and cut logs and skidded them down a road, which was called Skid Road. And at the bottom of that road, there was and still is a collection of homeless people in the probably runs into the tens of thousands today. Wow. It's, uh, it's unfortunate. And we need to give people good educations where they can get good jobs. Uh, we need to have good jobs available. If you have enough good jobs available, the companies will educate people because they need people. That means we have to stop outsourcing all our jobs, correct? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Made in China is, is, is killing us. And if we were to go to war, God forbid we should go to war with China, where are we going to get the supplies to fight China? <laughs> now, now stop and think about that. Uh, Who makes all the hard hats that could could make helmets? Who makes all the shoes? They're not. There's maybe one shoe company in the United States and a small one at that. Yeah, I think oh, do we do we uh, contact our opponents and say we need to buy a hundred thousand uh, infantry boots? What about the companies that manufacture all the electronics? Yes, they're all over there. <laughs> Find something made in America. You can't. We need to bring that back. Yes, we, we definitely do. need to bring that back. Do you see that happening under this administration? I think this administration has so many problems with uh, an opposition that won't behave like a, a normal opposition. The normal opposition disagrees with the president but doesn't uh, pull all the shenanigans they're pulling. This Russian stuff is a bunch of nonsense. First of all, there's no law against a uh, candidate uh, listening to what uh, another country has to say. And President Obama spent 300000 a year money and my money sending people over to Israel to try to defeat Benjamin Netanyahu. That's okay. Uh, but uh, it's fairly clear the Russians didn't hack into any voting machines. Uh, and to the degree that they provide information to a candidate, that's perfectly legal. So why all the hullabaloo? They're, they're just making a lot of hullabaloo, slowing the president down in, in doing what he was elected to do. For Pete's sake, give him a chance. If you agree with him or don't agree with him, at least give him a chance. Um, I wasn't out yelling, uh, impeach Obama. I didn't approve of many of his policies. I thought it was good that we had an African-American president, although I can think of a couple other people. In fact, um, 30 years ago, uh, I think it was about 30 years ago, it might have been 25 years ago, uh, I wrote General Colin Powell a letter begging him to run for president, saying he could win and he could put an end to uh, racial problems in America. I didn't expect to get a reply from him. And I did expect, if I got a reply, it'd be a little note from the secretary saying, General Powell, thank you for your letter. No, he took out two pieces of his own letterhead and his fountain pen and wrote me a two-page letter. Wow. Yeah, I still have it. I mean, I treasure that. Uh, 
that would be would be my choice of an African American president or Condoleezza Rice. Uh, it's time we had an African American president, but the one we got, unfortunately, is a bit uh, too far to the left for my tastes. Well, I, I don't know because I'm an African American male, and uh, I guess my opinion would go both ways on different, I guess, subjects. Sure. Um, I think a lot of people expected more of uh, uh, President Obama, but I, I personally think it would take him another eight years because when you inherit a whole bunch of uh, problems, you know, and, and the majority of time is spent oh, dealing yeah. with those, you have very little time to even implement your program, let alone move forward with it. it I agree. It's not like he entered the game, uh, you know, with the, with the with the score being even. So uh, I, I guess that would be um, that's legitimate. My, my holdout on all that, you know, if we're gonna be fair, sure. um, let's sure. be fair because I've heard I've heard uh, a lot of uh, black people, African American, have said to me, "Well, uh, you guys had a black president and he didn't do nothing for you." You know, and kind of personally, I could have kind of took a little offense to that because I'm like, okay, well, if if the game is already tilted, if the game is already crooked, how do you expect it to end up? Yeah, I, I agree with that. <laughs> so, you I know, agree so with I that. just I just took that and like, okay, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, just like everybody, you know, got one of those other things that they have, you know. So, sure. Um, I, I I don't know I. If it was up to me, I'd have an island yesterday, and I'd go somewhere, and I'd starve my sharks and wouldn't let nobody come visit because I don't Amen. have a lot of respect. <laughs> I don't Amen. Have a lot of respect. <laughs> I don't have too much respect for any of our politicians today. I because, agree. You know, they don't speak, you know, when iron in their in they words, like the Indians used to say, they all speak with a forked tongue. And, um, we need term uh, limits, but Congress isn't about to propose a con- it would take a constitutional amendment, and Congress isn't about to propose a constitutional amendment calling for term limits. And and one thing, Mitchell, it, it, even if you're not religious, it, it's causing all of us to be spiritual because every day that we wake up and go outside and we do see another day, it, it's almost a blessing because you don't know which fool gonna push a button. I agree. Kim Jong Un. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, oh, you uh, said that guy's it. dangerous. <laughs> oh shoot! Yes, it's it's, it, it's is scary. It, it really is. It, it it is scary, and and we have no say so, no control. And I remember when I was a little boy in Texas, we had a cellar, you know, um, a storm <laughs> cellar. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't even know if they would do any good today. Probably not. <laughs> oh. oh shoot. Terrible times we live in. Ah, I Terrible know. Times. I know. Boy, Terrible but look, if 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 you have if you have a God, whoever our, our listeners are, wherever you may be, I guess now is the time to get in touch with them and. If he don't know you by first name, you better introduce yourself. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> Amen. Oh, I'm, missing an evening, I'm missing an evening service to do this program. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, and I'm sure uh, a, a lot of our listeners are going to get uh, something positive run away with this because they definitely need to know this, and um, I'm sure... It'll help you definitely your book sales and help your message get out because you got you know, di- dying to save America on Amazon.com. Yes, yes. So what else do you have in store? What else do you have coming up next? Nothing. There's there's Nothing. no fo- there's no follow-up now. I don't have anything clearly planned beyond this. Something will come up, of course. Oh, okay. Because it seemed like um, this book 
would create a whole bunch of um, questions that uh, would require answers. I'm sure, and uh, when those questions emerge, I'll be prepared to deal with it. Right now, I just want to get the book out there. It's an important book. And I just want to take this time to also say, for those who just joined us and joined us late, um, you definitely can hear the show in its in, you know entirety uh, from wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, it'll be available in a few moments uh, for iTunes, and you can definitely go to worldmovement.com and get it. You can get it at uh, Spotify, or you could just Google "Can a Player Play," and the show will come up, and you can hear everything that we've discussed in its entirety about. Uh, Mr. Froshaw's book, Dying to Save America, and you can hear what we've talked about is in regards to our current health care situation. And, and it's, oh, it's, a pleasure talking to, it's a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you, too. And I definitely want to thank you again for coming to join us and wishing you great success on the book. And I'm, I'm sure you're going to have it because you're talking about something that's very, very relative today. And I don't think if people don't tune in today, they're going to wake up one day and be in a world of trouble. No kidding. That's where we're headed. Definitely. That's where we're headed. So, again, I want to thank you so very much for joining us today. And uh, we're going to post this uh momentarily and it'll be available worldwide for everyone to see and please share the show with your friends also and i thank you okay thank you too and have a blessed day and a great great rest of the weekend you too all right bye-bye bye-bye that was mr mitchell froshan and we was talking about uh dying to save america and the current situation in America with our health, uh, our doctors and the medical profession and what we need to do to, uh, you know, not save ourselves and look out for ourselves in the the very, very, very dire, dire future. So uh, if you joined us late, please go back and listen to the show from the beginning and hope you can take away something very positive to help you And, again, we thank you for joining us today. And we'll be back next week at the same time, 2.30 PST. And it was brought to you, of course, by the good people at worldmovement.com. And so, hey, we're going to put this one on you right now on Sunday. So let me put this one in your ear.
what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. Huh? I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleeper but a drink. Faith without work is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Slackers don't get fed. Huh? Yeah. Jesus said, he who puts his hands to the plow looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the church just five minutes and you're about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. <laughs> if you died for me and I was still tripping, now how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This here's deep, huh? Some of y'all ain't saw nothing but you started trying to reach, huh? But after him who was able to possess your father by his glory. Struggles might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now the point is this was prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. I'm in Glendale and found love in the South Bay. Yes, I find myself in an L.A. long-distance thing. Guess who helped make it work? AT&T. I bought one phone, got another one on them. And romance is alive on the 101. Come into an AT&T store, buy a smartphone, and get one on us. More for your things. That's our thing. Limited time in areas. Select devices. Each requires up to $900 on installment agreement. Requires one new line of minimum $75 per month service. Free after credits over 30 months, starting within three bills. If canceled service, device balance is due. $30 activation, additional fees, taxes, and restrictions apply. See your local AT&T store for details.
I'm in Glendale and found love in the South Bay. Yes, I find myself in an L.A. long-distance thing. Yes, who helped make it work? AT&T. I bought one phone, got another one on them. And romance is alive on the 101. Come into an AT&T store, buy a smartphone, and get one on us. More for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time and areas. Select devices. Each requires up to $900 on installment agreement. Requires one new line of minimum $75 per month service. Free after credits over 30 months, starting within three bills. If canceled service, device balance is due. $30 activation, additional fees, taxes, and restrictions apply. See your local AT&T store for details.